I've hit the button. We're live. And not only are we live, but we're literally live. In person. In we're person. live oh. from South Block. <laughs> South Block. We're all a bit excited. In Glasgow's fashionable merchant city. We're uh, back. Indeed. We're Which back. is freezing. Oh, and the fun. big news. Mm. Well. I don't know if you've noticed, Jules, but only half of Stuart is here. Only half? If, if that. Where well. is the rest of him? Where is he? Is he uh, in a sweaty puddle on the floor of his peloton? Yeah. yeah I, I have lost three stones. Which is three of your stones, stones. Which is 50, 50 kilo, no, no 50, 50 20, 21 kilograms. 21 kilograms, 50 pounds? I don't know. Must I don't, be, it's 2.2 pounds in a kilogram. Right, you know what you're doing. So there you are. I've, I've lost it. Do you but, know what, though? What? I like fat, Stuart. Well, as I said to you earlier on, there's, there's <laughs> fat but funny. Fat but funny. I'm not funny. That's anymore. my gang. Stop <laughs> yeah, getting in the way. I'd love to be in <laughs> But the kind of terrible thing, there is a fat person trying to get in. You know you, what I mean? You need a new photo for the website, by oh, the way. Oh, no, I don't. Because you look same. like. But he's thin on the website. He's just got no beard. No, no, no. I look like a, I look like a sweaty pedo on the website. I look like. Are I look you allowed like... to say that in public? Point? I'm not saying. I, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I do. I do. <laughs> I mean, I've, people have commented that I look a bit creepy. And there is the restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe not pedo. I wouldn't maybe go far. You just no. look. I think bit, you look like a you bit. You just of a, look a bit. I do, I do look a bit. Oh, dumb. I was going to say you look like a bit of a nerd. Do you know what he looks? He looks like a guy that's been hanging around a bus station, <laughs> yeah, with a plastic bag. Yeah, but enough of my twenties. Anyway, Stuart, you Hi. look shark. fantastic. Thank you ever so much. This shark looks sharp. Ah, and not only has he mm -hmm. lost half his body weight, he's also had a haircut and a beard trim. I mean, we didn't quite. You know should where see to him. You should see him. Um, yeah. He's I'm a beautiful specimen of a man. I don't think it's too far to say that I look like a. A Greek god. <laughs> he's, and listen, he's on the last hole of his belt. Yeah, <laughs> his birthday his belt. His birthday belt. Well, birthday belt, which was popping, which I wouldn't say was a motivator, but it certainly wasn't a thing. And then, but now I, I need to get a nail and put another hole in it. So that's the big news. And obviously, when you know, when we get back oh, on the office and we start eating again, oh, I'm going to be a highly functional alcoholic and ice cream eater. <laughs> I mean, you must have given up booze as well, and that's gave up. The, well, I didn't give up anything really; just everything in moderation, Chris. Oh, look, everything in moderation. Oh, listen to him. You know, I gave up booze for four months. I had my first drink on Thursday night. Oh man, that's amazing. That's it was just boring. Meetings. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Sobriety is overrated. Uh, you yeah. two have definitely changed. We have changed. You know? That's the thing. We've just wait till you hear a part of the rest of this podcast. Know, right. That has okay. not changed. Right, let's right, go. Let's Welcome to the Good Roundup. Good is a brand consultancy. What? What was that even? Good is a brand consultancy in the UK. I've just been a while since we've done this. And from time to time, myself, Stuart Steele, get together with Mr. Chris Lumsden. Hello. And Ms. Julie Murdoch. Hi. And we talk about brand. And we're going to be talking about a project that we've been working on that we've just recently released on our website. So it's a little bit about us today. Us, but, us, us. Yeah, yeah. But it's I think it's an interesting us. Mm. It's an interesting us. It's an us that I'm very, very close to and can't really be objective about yet. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, so I, and I'm kind of a bit close to today. Well, so you what, both are. Yes, okay. which is why today. <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. I'm very excited. I'm going to hand over to Ms. Julie Murdoch to actually kind of do a little bit of a Q&A with you and I 
Mr. Lumsden. So, uh, Julie, hi. Hi there. So hi. I am your guest host for this podcast, uh, which I'm quite excited about. I will obviously try my best to emulate your oh, smoothness no, and style, Stuart, but you know what I mean. I'm no shark, I'm not going to lie. But yes, like you say, so we are going to be talking about clarity reports today. We've been talking about Project Clarity now for about a year. That's kept us busy during the pandemic. So, Stuart, do yes. you want to start just with a little bit of context? Yes. Um, and give tell our good listeners about uh, a bit about what a clarity report is and why we developed it. Well, well a clarity to do, the, the, the basis of a clarity report came to us last summer when we were sitting about in pandemic land and kind of just looking around out there going, well, you know, we had some time on our hands and a look. And one of the conversations that arose was brand tracking as a tool was very interesting and it was something that we really like to have where you go out and you ask people about things about the about a brand and you're very into this Julie you'd know more about it than I do it gives just, you the benchmarks yeah the benchmarks okay. and everything else and but they're pretty big deals they're kind of not cheap take a long period of time to do and we were thinking, is there anything with all the data that sits out there in the world, is there any way that we can pull quickly something together that gives us a snapshot of how brands are doing in the digital sphere? Because obviously that's where all the data is kind of collected and it's easy to get hold of and using open source data and some intuition from our point after all the experience we've got with brands and try and pull all these threads together so that quickly we can give a report primarily to start off with us because we're curious in a particular sector, to then go, look, this is how a brand's performing. So and more in the kind of in real time as opposed to longer term yeah, traditional yeah, brand tracking. Yeah, so it's just a kind of snapshot to go, you're doing good here, not great there, and could improve here, and you're doing really well there. The interesting thing is then when you take that report and you've pulled all this data to, together and then presented it is then expanding it to your competition and that's where it gets interesting because then you can see how you benchmark it plays to one of our core beliefs of simplicity doesn't it we keep telling clients about being you know if you're simple and you 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 you, you shun complexity and you you communicate coherently and consistently with customers over a long period of time then you're going to the chances are you'll outperform Perform better competitors so we wanted to kind of create a snapshot to say this is how you're doing versus the category. So in just playing devil's advocate then for a minute, and you kind of touched on this, Stuart, in terms of the plethora of data that is available, um, particularly, well, more more so now than ever, arguably, what what gaps or what problems does a clarity report solve that other solutions, be it research, be it big data, don't? What Was there something that we identified that kind of led us down this path? Yeah, I think... It was about bringing it back to what we do on our day-to-day, -day, which is brand. So the social tracking stuff is around sentiment. And while sentiment is useful, it's more about do people like you or not? Do people have a good opinion or not? And we're kind of taking it away from that to kind of go, how is the brand performing? And, and to Chris's point about communication coherently and consistently and if you do that ongoing then you'll then you'll be able to outperform your competitors and that's what we were trying to understand and and what happens is taking the the clarity board is built of seven individual sections and then when you do the first kind of five section the, the output is the benefit is on we'll come to that in a minute about mm. what the seven section but in theory if you're performing well in these six categories and the results come out in the seventh 
then you should be performing better than everybody else. And so far, what's interesting is when you actually start to look at it, that is the case. Mm. And I think it's interesting the way, you know, the way that we work and the way that we, when we audit clients and present to them their strengths and weaknesses, this is kind of what we do anyway. So we're just creating a report mm. out of it. So we, we analyze their brand assets. We look at their, you know, the, you particularly, Stuart, or look delving into the analytics and how they're performing digitally. I guess what we're doing is taking, as you say, what we do on a day-to-day basis and creating it into a report format. And I think what's kind of nice about doing it in the category is the challenge sometimes when doing a competitive report for a client in particular is that you're focused on one mm-hmm. specific challenge. Yeah. What's been nice about this is that because, you know, we're, we're looking at clients that, we, that aren't ours, that you've kind of got to get as much information mm. from where else and then you've got a, a level playing field to go, you're doing better than here than there rather than, us adding in a bias to that competitive review. This is, we've mapped out what we want to measure and then we measure everybody across the board as opposed to picking things out and everything else. So it's been really, it's been interesting just trying to work out what it is we're trying to measure and to get, and and to ultimately, that's why it's called clarity, to provide a clarity in the amount of data and how the brand's performing against other people that you can easily understand. The interesting thing and sometimes the challenge with brand tracking is that you can start to put your own biases in that, whereas what we are doing is just looking at the data and kind of go, well, look, and we've shown it to people and they go, ah, but, and the ah, but question comes up and we go, well, look, that's just the data we've got. And this is what the data showing us. And when you look at the same benchmark across all these brands, this is where you're coming out from. So it's been really interesting just to, just to look at it from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, it, it's about catalyzing conversations, we've said, isn't it? At yep. least we've got a perspective and a point yep. of view. A lot of that comes from all the baked-in experience we have, so we can look at categories and quite quickly get to grips with what are the conventions, what's happening in these categories, what are mm. the brands doing? And we're quite we're, we're able to quite quickly you know, assimilate that and create this report. A lot of it's been automated with the, 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 the guys here, the digital team. But it's interesting. Yeah, it's, exciting. it's exciting. And, mm-hmm. and um, who knows where it'll take us, but it's, in, it's interesting. And hopefully clients will find it interesting. So do we want to talk a bit about, you both touched on sort of the different sections that we look at in, within the report, and we're looking broadly at measuring 50-ish data points across seven different sections related to brands. So do you want we'll just talk a little about each of those in terms of what we're measuring? So firstly, kicking off an arguably the most subjective bit potentially around brand assets. So this is built more yeah. perhaps than the others around our expertise no, rather than right. necessarily hard data. Is that yeah, how does you're that right. work? This this section is a blend. Most of it, I mean a lot of it is using data and Stuart will talk about this sort of publicly available data that's out there, but this stuff is a blend particularly in the scoring around branding is more of a subjective score based on our experience. So in this sense, we're, we're, we're looking at the brands in, in, in the category and measuring, you know, um, giving them a score around how, how good their identity structures are, you know, their, you know how, 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 good, how good the typography is, how good they are at kind of parsing out information through headlines and hierarchies and, and, and dividing up information, which is really important, especially online. We're looking at colors, we're looking at imagery, we're looking at simplicity and clarity of the execution, all these kind of elements. So the real core the sort of yeah. brand building blocks. And as I said, these are the these are the sort of cornerstones, if you like, of how we measure our clients' brands as well. So all we're doing is bringing 
some data to that and scoring them. And then moving on to the second section, which is focused on language, brand language. Similar. And this is something that we talk a lot about and we've talked about in previous podcasts about the importance of brand language. So again, when it comes to clarity, a clarity report, what are we looking at? How do we, how are we kind mm. of evaluating sort of that, the, the language aspect of it? Yeah, brand? well, I mean, again, this is a, another subjective one. And actually we've pulled it out as a separate section. We had a big debate about this because it is part of branding, but we do think it's disproportionately important. We talk a lot about platforms. I mean, I'm sure we've talked about it on, on this on these podcasts before. But the way that a brand sounds and the language it uses is so important. So we are looking at stuff like, well, we are using some automated metrics here to look at read, readability and sentiment. But we're also just looking at the, the whether they're able to leverage a platform and develop a personality that goes quite deep. So we're measuring stuff on site and on online. Does it does it extend into social channels and does it extend relatively deeply into the into uh, stuff like the website? So beyond the living beyond the homepage and 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 deeper into into for example product pages. So we're so, not just so we're looking at different sections of the yeah, site and how yeah. the brand talks within those each of those uh, 100%, areas. Yeah. So again, subjective at some level, but getting scored. Look at the data. Yeah. And which leads us neatly on to the third section of the website itself. And we, again, have talked in previous podcasts about, you know, our philosophy being very much based on the belief that you can't solve your brand problem. Brand problem? Brand right. problem. <laughs> can't solve your brand problem either without addressing the digital context. And we've talked about how disproportionately important a brand's website is in, in that customer journey. So when we're talking about website as a section, what, what sort of aspects are we looking at there and, and what are we evaluating, Stuart? When we decide to choose a category to look at, so at the moment what we've done is we've looked at smart home category and the white goods category. What we'll do is we'll take a broad sweep of those websites and start to build up what looks like to be the perfect category site. So we'll go right... Looking at all these, you know, those elements of different sites. Yeah, so it, yeah, so it'd be like right. It needs e-commerce. It needs a a personal login for smart home. It needs a status cloud update. You know where are you? And we'll put all this out. And then what we'll do is we'll then go back to all the sites and then measure them individually and kind of go right. Does it have this? Does it have a finder retailer? Does it have a how much stock is in? All those things get added up to kind of create what the way how the website compares and these are sort of that. helpful customer tools, yeah, yeah because ultimately what we're trying to do is we said in the the, the well, probably the most famous podcast with the, the your website is, is your brand. brand actually it, is your brand is your brand <laughs> and when we've actually looked at, to see and so that is very true when you're when we're looking at the website we're going this is your brand and does it all come together mm. and it does it all feel part of the brand or does it feel a little bit loosey-goosey and if it feels a bit loosey-goosey you're not going to rank so highly that's you know and then we take that down so there's some it's not necessarily and we come up with the measurement of what is the ideal category site and then and so presumably kind of that's where our expertise yeah. is it's that kind of combination of expertise and data again so we're looking at a category or looking at brands within a category and saying these things are important yep. aspects of your website and therefore we'll score you and we'll look at some of the data within that is we'll look at site traffic we'll look at domain authority we're doing all these kind of things just to kind of balance out how much the how the the site is performing as well Mm. and taking that from there and 
as this is in the fourth, the sort of the fourth section that we look at, which is kind of an extension of of the, the of the website, and is mobile. And again, mobile first is something we've talked about. You've been talking about for years. It's not new, and obviously very much linked to the customer journey in terms of how people use and you know use devices and consume data, etc. So, what are we looking at? There is it purely quality of the mobile experience, or whether it's optimized, or is it more yeah. sophisticated than that? Or? Um, yeah, well, it's yeah, not complicated. It's, not compli- it's, it's about the company. I mean, what rips my knitting is that <laughs> is, is that what tends to happen with a, a website that has maybe got a few hundred thousand pounds behind it is that when it's presented to the board, it's presented on, and as I say in the blog article, on the 75-inch TV in the boardroom, and it'll be the desktop experience. Whereas what we can do is it's we can, so yeah, it's, and it's like, wow, because visually it's impressive and look at the clicks and the words and the burrs when actually most of most of your customers will be viewing it on a, on a phone. And that's not quite, you know, when you're then trying to justify where £300,000 went and you're showing it. It's not a sexy show, is it? No, it's not a sexy show. pocket experience. Yeah, and also, you know, a lot of people who are at work and actually looking at it on, you know, they'll be sent a link and they'll be looking at the desktop site. They don't look at it on the site of the customers. That happens a lot. And while we've been saying mobile first for a while, once you kind of got that, when people are looking at it, that's what gets judged. And a lot of the brand experience is based on a desktop site, but most people are coming on on mobile. So has the site been optimized? Is there... Does it still feel like the brand? Does it, or does it just feel like a generic? What's been strapped? Yeah, what's been there? So we're trying to make sure that the brand is still alive, uh, and Mm. and does it feel like the brand? And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it just feels like an afterthought. Sometimes it just feels a bit wishy washy. Sometimes it's really good. So we try and make sure that it's. It's amazing that this conversation is still being had, though, isn't it? I think Mm. it's quite interesting that. It seems entirely self-evident what you've just said, but it's amazing how frequently you we do come across yeah. this issue. Mm. Yep, particularly in the B two B space. Yeah, arguably. Yeah, yes. and and B two B gives a bit more leeway, but at the same time, any time what we've not seen, while there's still a lot more desktop visits to B two B sites than mobile visits, that number is slowly going down as as the screens get bigger, mm. as it's just easier to get onto. It's getting slowly more and more down, but it's just kind of. It's still the people. People are visual, and people get signed off on big fancy pants stuff rather than small boring stuff. So you're able to rank that by just yeah. looking at traffic, looking at traffic, desktop v mobile, and then how and, much and, how, and how well it's been optimized yeah. for both those things. And if you've kind of balanced it out, then you'll get a high rating. If it turns out you've got a, a high proportion of mobile traffic and the site is more. Uh, optimized for mobile, you're going to want to watch. Yeah, when the on the old clarity rankings, you know, yeah, the watch clarity is points. Yours. Yeah, the clarity, clarity watch points. is yours. Yep. So that's how we done mobile. Good. And your favorite topic, Stuart, which is section number five, <laughs> onto the socials. So again, this is something we talk about a lot in terms of where it does and doesn't, social does and doesn't have a role to play and the difference between B2B and B2C in this space. But just generally speaking, what are we what are we looking at here in terms of clarity to kind of define and measure and yeah, that, this has been without doubt the hardest category to mm. work out because, mm. and partly it's because of the bias I've got. The social can be a bit, bleh, you know, and I think there's a lot of brands that don't really quite know what they've got to do, but they know they've got to do something. So stuff just goes up, mm. and it feels a bit wishy washy. What we're what we're looking at is we're looking at a number of things. Some of them is just follower count, which is a big fancy vanity metric, and then we're trying to get past that vanity metric into the who cares. 
and trying to look at engagement but sometimes that engagement can be a little bit tricky because it depends on how they're using their social channels and because the social channels that may be using three or four of them they're slightly different across the board yeah because so, you talk about they get used for promotion yeah or customer support customer support mm, yeah. or uh, other stuff other stuff other stuff <laughs> <laughs> because by that time I'm going, how do I measure this? How do we measure this? So there, there is, you know, so it's trying to understand how that actually works and if it's there. And we're also just trying to make sure we, we do some language stuff. This is important for us because you've only got a, a, a small amount of space to do uh, to, to do language. You'll have 280 characters on Twitter. But does the brand still feel the same? Are they still pulling through the assets? Is it still consistent? Does it feel like the brand or does it feel like it's another team? One of the things we're very big on at Good is consistency through all the channels. And does it feel consistent as well? So there's a little bit of having a having a wee look-see and there's a bit of kind of making sure that the data, is, it does that actually resonate and is, is the stuff that you're posting up getting engaged with. Mm. Community building sure. was the third. So oh, promotion, community, yeah, the community, community building and customer support. Community building, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got thoughts on that, but that's you're, another you're podcast. That's, that's for another podcast. That's, another podcast. that's for Brand Bollocks series yeah. part two. Is your community building? <laughs> oh, oh. Um, so moving swiftly on to section six, which is, again, similar sort of space, but did, looking at digital marketing. So what elements are we, what are we kind of considering there looking it, at? I think, so you've got, I mean, you've basically crossed the I's and, Dotted, no, cross the T's and dotted the I's, thank you. You, you can you cross your I's and dot your T's if you want. Ah, to you're the best. And once you kind of get that together, you've then got to promote the thing. You've got to then kind of push it out there and how are you promoting it and what are you promoting it on and what are you doing it. So that's the digital marketing. And where are you putting money behind the brand? Are you more focused on an SEO approach rather than a PPC approach? Are you doing display? So we kind of take this and go and put spend on it, frequency of ads, amount of keywords you're looking for, your uh, share of organic search, brand search and non-brand search, a whole lot of things that are publicly accessible and we pull it all together and kind of take it from there. So that is really the how much are you then promoting the the good work that you've done in the last categories and pushing it out there. Nice. So, which brings us neatly into section seven, which you touched on earlier, Stuart, as kind of being the place where everything culminates. So, yeah. first, before we get into share of search and what we're measuring here, do you want to talk a little bit or explain a little bit what what share of search is, why it's important? Yeah, share of search, right? You're sitting down. You got yeah, your, you got your hard, hard hat. I've got on. my pen right, poised okay, above right. a bit of paper. I love share Stuart, of search. Chris, write this down. Right, 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 right. You're writing the thing. So, Share research is a reasonably new metric, which, and the 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 premise behind it is that no matter what you're doing on print or social or everything else, at some point all that activity will come to Google, and at some point what you will do is you will type in the brand that you are looking for. So if you've been promoting on the side of a bus or on Facebook, at some point you're going to go and type. All that activity should be caught in Google. And Google's got a great tool called Google Trends, where if you type in a word, you can see the how it's gone up and down. So, for example, COVID, pre-2019, nothing. And then obviously a massive spike and it's there. And you can see the trend of how people have been searching for those things. The same goes for brands. And so, in theory, the premise goes, the more activity you're out there and the better the activity is, people are going to be searching for you more. And you can measure that. And then 
against so it's like your an awareness metric, yeah. isn't it? So what you can then do, that's a long, I'm doing a long way to go, it's an awareness metric, but it's really interesting because it's it, it does capture very quickly mm-hmm. the sentiment of how well the brand's doing. And so the, the old Byron Sharp theory is the more you're promoting yourself and the more the assets are out there and they're distinctive, the more likely it is that people will start to search for you and you can measure it's that. It's a salience thing, isn't it? Yeah. Do people know you when you when they're looking yeah. for a when they've got a problem that your brand can solve, is it your brand that comes to mind? Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. When you break it down like that, it's really simple, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's just Although, time compounded spend, awareness, all of that stuff. Yeah. Consistency, clarity of message yep. over time. And it does it does benefit brand building over performance marketing, which I like as well because I think that's important because there's value in the brand building. Is this where, but this is interestingly where some of the ah, but things come from, isn't it? If we're talking, because obviously if you, what was the example? Yeah, you know, if so there Volkswagen are, is yeah. the famous one. So what you've then got to do is understand a little bit of sentiment because you might be getting, uh, you may be getting search because of, there's a negative connotation to the brand. So for example, Volkswagen, you can see where, they were getting a lot of search trends, uh, search results, but that was because of Dieselgate rather mm. than... The fact people yeah, wanted to buy a Volkswagen. So what you've got to do is understand a little bit, you've got to get into the history a little bit and try and balance that out with a little bit of sentiment analysis stuff to kind of work out what's going. But generally, in a clean category, so to speak, it's a really good metric of seeing how all the six categories beforehand are impacting on people and, a, and, to, to and your that's point where again yeah. if you use it as a trend line you know trends as a trend line yeah. over time as opposed to you know kind of iron out some of those spikes at, you know is it going up or down and yep. just that's why a, these little subsections within the overall report mm, are all mitigate quite interesting some of that, doesn't in, it, yeah. in their own right so you know the, some people will be overly interested in this and i guess that's why it can also act as a kind of snapshot in time or yeah. a, mm. in its in its own way it's a tracker yeah right Yep. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, what you would like to see in theory is a simple balance. So you go, you know what, you're not spending enough in digital marketing compared to the competition. And hopefully what you would then do is if you spent more money, in theory, people will then know you more. Yeah. And that would reflect and share research. And so that would push up. So it gives a very broad perspective of brand activity or marketing activity yeah. as, as a mm. whole. Yeah. Gonna, I was just going to bring us on to who, when we're, you know, who, who are these for? We've talked a lot well, about I the detail was, of what yeah, Clarity Report is. Who's it? Who's it for? Who I, I think what we mentioned earlier that this competitive context is really compelling. Mm. We all want to see how we're doing against our peers, and I think marketing people are no different. They want to know how they're performing against the competition. So. That's what's I think I think that's what's beautifully simple about these reports is it places you in a, a stacked rank format to go, are you at the top, are you in the middle, or are you at the bottom? Mm. And therefore, what do I need to do to to move up and down? And I think that was important for us when we were coming up with it, is that it's actionable. Yeah. You know, that it, it's not just a here's a report, great, what do you do? And I think sometimes brand tracking can be a little bit what do I do with all with these I think, 70 yeah, slides? That's one of the things that you've talked about. You know, you talk about the difference between big data and meaningful data. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, it's it's what the it, it's the so what at the end of yeah. it, isn't it? That is it what do I there's these are a bunch of observations about my brand, but what what do I what does that mean? What do I now do? And I think the interesting thing with the clarity report is it kind of gives you some direction and steer in terms of what those next actions might might be in terms of priority. Yeah, and they're not going to be perfect. Some people are going to look at them and go, yeah, but I don't believe your data. I don't believe this. I don't believe that. That's fine. Great. Yeah. Pick holes in it. But yeah. at least we're crystallizing 
our opinions into some sort of uh, value and, and and being prepared to get behind it and argue it. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the things that I've written about on our journal on the website is how bad reporting can be mm-hmm. because you've kind of got. You know, we've worked with CMOs who don't need to see all the detail. The great thing about this, this this can be one slide and going, this is how we're performing against these competitors. And then you can, then you get it because it's like, there it is. Or if you want to know more, you can go into more of the detail about why you're at that level compared to the competitors. And that's the great thing about it. So the report can be, can top be, line, yeah, top it can be top line or it can get into the detail and say, well, actually, you're not, you're spending X, they're spending Y, or, you, you know, you don't have these things on your website compared to the competition. There's things that you can absolutely do to build up, uh, to build up your brand. And it, it's, I'm really quite proud after nine months of creating something that, because there is the scary moment when you're doing it, you go, does this mean anything? Yeah, but we it poured does. a lot of yeah. time into it. Yeah, yeah and yeah. there is something that I think is really useful for those marketeers who are A, trying to improve the brand and B, trying to easily explain to other stakeholders the work that they're doing and the impact that the work they're mm. doing is having on the brand. So summing up then. Oh, okay. So we've got a couple of reports that are live on site and live on the site. We've yes, got White we do. Goods Report and Smart Home oh, we as do. examples. Yep. What are we asking people to do? Just have a look if it's interesting and find out a bit more and give us a shout with any questions. I mean, obviously what what's interesting is that it's that kind of interesting, scary moment where you've worked on something for nine months and it's been a team of four, five, and then you've opened it up to the company, which is then a team of 20, 25, and now you're opening it up to the world. And there's going to be things that we've missed and I'm quite interested in the feedback and kind of go, mm. you know, what, what... It's not one and done, y- is No, it? it's not one and done, and I think we're on a journey with this, and I would be interested in what people think about it. Do they think it's useful? Uh, what would they say is missing? Is there a category that they would like to explore? So I, I, I think it's a useful tool for marketeers. I think it's not finished, and I'd like to get their feedback as to what they I think we will always be improving it. Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. That's clarity. Oh. That is Project Clarity. It's, it's been an eventful it's, pandemic. It's it's we've given birth to Clarity <laughs> after <laughs> nine months. Oh God! Shit. After it's all gone nine months. Yeah. Sure. something. Uh, it's all got terribly weird. <laughs> it's a bit of a metaphor. Uh, yeah. It's yes. kind of a birthing metaphor. It's for Chris's you, good baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a baby. You know. Nice, but yeah, interested to hear what people think. Yes. have a poke about on the site. Lots of give us a uh, shout with any questions. I'll put it in the show notes. There'll be links in the show notes. Right. Happy days. Thanks, Until folks. next time. Bye. 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 Bye.